Hey listeners, welcome back. I have missed you so much and I've missed producing the podcast. It's been a few years. For anyone who has not listened to the podcast before and who's just joining, my name is Mariah Padilla. I am your host and I'm the owner of Legacy Vine Personal Historian Services, where I record people's life stories and wedding vows. This episode is part of our Summer of Love series. For the next few weeks, I'll be sharing stories from couples from all over the country about how they met one another. Before we begin, I want to take the time to acknowledge that I'm aware of the injustices that continue to take place in our country and the Black Lives Matter movement, and that I am doing my part to learn, donate, and contribute to the betterment of the lives of Black and brown people in this country. While I do that, I also want to share positive stories of love, connection, and reflection on joyful moments. Times like these can either tear us apart or bring us closer together through love, compassion, and learning, and that's sort of my goal here. After all, just because love can be happy doesn't mean that it's ever straightforward, simple, or easy. It may feel like it's extra complex right now to show love, but I'm here to share stories that are Funny, ironic, winding road tales through the land of love that might remind us that all couples have struggled and maybe this part of their history will just end up being some of the stories that add character and color and strength to marriages, engagements, breakups, or quests for love and meaningful human connection. Whatever your personal situation is, and given the collective situation that we are all experiencing, I hope that these stories inspire you in some sort of way. P.S. I conducted interviews a little differently for this series because of the COVID pandemic by making calls, posting on Facebook groups, and asking friends to share stories about how they met. And then from there, I coached interviewees on best practices for recording themselves on their phone. So I sent a list of optional questions to answer and gave them creative liberty to tell their story. So the recording quality may vary from each story, although I've done my best with editing. But I think what matters is that each recording shows the personality of the couple and their relationship. And it's really just more about the content. I wanted to do something differently rather than recording a Skype interview and I wanted it to feel more intimate for the couple where they could have the space to talk about their relationship on their own. Our storytelling couple for episode one is Tim and Monique from Brooklyn, New York. Enjoy! Hi, this is Tim Goodger and my spouse is Monique Ardell Goodger. Well, the New Year's Eve, 1992, I was uh, with my roommates at the time. I think there was at least four or five roommates. And we all were going to a New Year's Eve show at Old Ironsides in downtown Sacramento. And that's where I first met Monique. And I was there at Old Ironsides my favorite watering hole, with my best friend, Kim. 
and a cousin from out of town. He happened to be from Paris. Our favorite band, Cake, was playing. And uh, that's exactly where we wanted to be. It was at Old Ironsides on New Year's Eve. Best place on earth back then. I remember uh, walking into the, um, so, you know, paying a door fee, getting a stamp, and then walking actually into Old Ironsides, which is, it's not a very big place. And just immediately I felt someone looking at me. And out of the corner of my eye uh, was Monique. Those uh, piercing blue eyes studying me. Yep, that was me. And I was on the bar stool, perched on the bar stool with Kim. But Kim and I were making a game of it and watching the people walk in. You know, we were both single and saying, oh, I want to meet that guy tonight. Or, "Mm, yeah, he's thinks he's going to talk to me, but no, he's not. And eventually Tim and his friends walk in and I turn to Kim and I say, that's him, that's it, that's the guy. I'm gonna meet him tonight and actually I'm probably gonna marry him too. Being silly, of course, but that's how it went down for me. Well, I'll I'll go back to uh, uh, her her piercing blue eyes and just uh, just felt like you know just even from far away I felt an intensity of of sorts of something with those those eyes that really I was very intrigued attracted to. And I'd say for me, he was tall, slender. He had a great leather jacket on. Great head of hair, and he looked serious, not in a way that he was couldn't have fun, but you could just tell that underneath the leather jacket, the motorcycle jacket, he was wearing a button-down shirt, I'm sure. And I just don't think that I saw too many guys wearing button-down shirts back then. It was usually a band t-shirt. Um, or some other kind of cool t-shirt. So I definitely noticed that and thought, you can't fully judge who this guy is just by his appearance. There's something different about him. Um, and I was intrigued as well. So I was right. It was you, were, you were looking deep into me, figuring me out from, from day one. I, was, I thought I was... A little bit more complicated and had a little bit more of a veneer than that. And you looked right, right through it, nailed me on the first day. So what feelings were you experiencing at that moment? Well, that night we met, I mean, it was, it's New Year's Eve. So it was a very fest, it's a very festive night being with a group of friends. And it was a very, you know, the band Cake was playing that night. It was very crowded. Um, I mean, even, even if... That's as far as we had ever met. You know, that was it for us. I mean, it was a great night. Yeah, it was a great night. Uh, it was a fun night, a yeah, really fun night. Yeah, it doesn't happen every week where you have just a, a night where you just you feel good, you're with good friends, and, and everybody was just in a really good mood. On the one hand, this 
that was going on uh, for the kind of the whole everybody. But then we had this thing even within that. And I was just back and forth all night. And that made it extra exciting because there was this, I just kept feeling like there's, there's, there's somebody, I always was turning around, there's someone watching me. And I turn around, it was you. <laughs> and I see you uh, looking over, uh, you know. And, and um, I think it was not you who got the nerve to come and talk to me at first. I think you put your friend up to it. Oh, yes. It was my roommate Andy, his girlfriend. I think she just got tired of me telling her and the rest of my and my roommates about this woman is watching me. And she, she probably just said, okay, I'm sick of hearing about this for the last hour or two. I'm going to go meet her for you. And yeah, that's now that you mention it, yes, that's that was that was me back in 1992. A little, a little on the shy side, but it was a lot of fun because I hadn't had that moment since maybe junior high. <laughs> yeah, see great. that boy over there? He likes you. Oh, yeah. uh, it was great. Our favorite memory in in the beginning um, was our trip to Yosemite. Yeah, we, we took a we actually. Us and a friend uh, that I, a, a friend that I worked with and his girlfriend, um, the four of us decided uh, to uh, drive down to Yosemite for like a, a long weekend. It was our and I think it was, this was a really our first kind of true outdoor experience together. Hiking up to half to the top of Half Dome and, and back was. Uh, fun, grueling, but that was I got to see uh, um, the tough side of Monique, Ardell Goodyear. Yeah, that was a great trip. As you said, we hiked to the top of Half Dome, which I had no idea what that was going to be like, and certainly did not, once I got to the cable part of it, thought there's no way, I'm afraid of heights, I cannot go to the top with you guys. And I remember... You're taking a ton of time with me, essentially all the time that was needed um, to ensure that I felt safe going up with you and that everything was going to be okay and that you had my back and you'd actually stand behind me all the way um, as I grasped the cables to get myself to the top of Half Dome with the rest of you. And, and that's what you did. I was really worried because you were in those little kids. I know. <laughs> those little white kids. Somehow you walked 20 miles and yes. probably, you know, 2,000, 3,000 elevation gain in these little, little white kids. I am sure I was not wearing little white kids. I'm sure I was wearing my Reebok high tops. Oh, white leather act- high tops. Oh, oh, yes, actually, you probably were. <laughs> just, With my scrunch socks. There was scrunch socks, and so I had this, you know, she had this uh, very, I guess, delicate look to her at the time, and so I was worried, but she was tough as nails. She uh, did the 20 miles, no you know, no complaining, no nothing, and just, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great day. Definitely a favorite memory. Uh, when did you realize you were in love? Maybe some people do have these like very precise moments. I think like it was a process of I knew I was falling in love for sure when I tried to break up with you when we decided to go, but I was very unsuccessful at that. 
Monique didn't have to do a thing. I broke up with her, and then I got I got back together with her all within. I think it was a week. A week at two. most. Yeah. No, a week, a week at most. Um, I knew when I tried to break up with her that I couldn't get her out of my mind, and uh, I had to get back with her. And I think Yosemite that was uh, that was a big part of. of really find out who you were, you know, falling deeper in love. I knew that I was in, in love, I think, in a, in a general sense, was when part of my reason moving to San Francisco was I was moving to San Francisco because I had a plan to move to San Francisco, and then I was uh, going to apply to graduate school. And so I was trying to kind of carry through with this, and part of going to graduate school was was going actually to study abroad in Hungary. And I know that I was in love when I decided, I said that um, if I'm going to do this, I've got to have I got to get her to come with me. After only six or nine in nine months, I said that I was the following year going to Hungary to study for a whole year, and I. And I asked her if she would join me there. And she said yes. Said yes. <laughs> Where's Hungary? Yeah. Where are we going? But yes, of course, I'll go. That's what I knew. I, I couldn't um I couldn't uh I couldn't lose you. I, I guess I had almost lost you once through my ill decision making and I was I wasn't gonna have that happen again. I really wanted to do this. I think for my moment it happened much earlier. And I'd have to say that it was uh, a few months in and I went to Hawaii with my aunt and my grandparents for a week and just thought about you the entire time I was there. Just was happy to be in Hawaii and that was a lot of fun and spending time with my family, but I just couldn't wait to get back to you. And uh, I remember getting back and landing in San Francisco, driving back to Sacramento, and it was really, really late. And um, you had left a message or two on my voicemail. And so I listened to the answering machine when I got back, and it was you telling me to call you as soon as I got back in. And so I did. And uh, you came you came right over. I think it was probably midnight or afterwards you came over and just realizing at that point that I absolutely loved you. I was so crazy for you and just so happy that you had called and you had asked me to call you ASAP. And how long have the two of you been together now? Well, since we're here in 2020, that makes it 27 years. 27 years. It's a long time. It's a long time. We've been through a lot together. Are you still having fun? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You betcha. Never a dull day. Never nope. a dull day. Thank goodness. And that's our story.